back to Mind Matters with Sandy and Kathleen and today we are going to talk about mood boosting activities. Excellent. I know one of them for me. Oh, okay. Far away. Eating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's emotional eating. That's a different, oh, that's a different podcast altogether. Oh, We're going to talk about that. See, I'm no good at this. Well, actually, that's not, it's not true. It depends on what sort of eating it is. If you do mindful eating, as you, you know, Sandy's quite a, an advocate for mindful eating. But So mood-boosting activities. What is a mood-boosting activity and when do we use it and why do we use it? So for all the people that have got, that are suffering, experiencing issues with depression and anxiety, uh, grief, um, because that's what well, we're going to do a podcast on grief, stress. Right. But grief, just yeah. because you're grieving doesn't mean you're not allowed to be happy at times. Um all of those things. So mood boosting activities are individual and they are things that you enjoy. So when you're feeling... They can be group as well. Oh, they can be group. No, no, it's an individual activity in that, I should as say, it's individual to you. Oh, okay. So, it, so yeah, we can't it. stand here and go, this is a list of mood boosting activities. You knock them over one to ten and you're going to be fine. No. Because if I say... You know, go, go for a walk, you hate fishing, fishing. You hate yeah. fishing. Yeah. like, you know, sit there and tie your fishing lures or whatever, that'd be the end of me. Maybe <clears throat> then we'd do a podcast about suicidal tendencies, that'd be the end of me. Do you know what happened? I've got to tell you a story. Okay, story time with Sandy. <sighs> okay, so... Ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs> That's right. I, feel, I often feel like I'm Graham Norton. I want to throw my head back and <laughs> I do that. But um, out where Kath and I work, so we work out of my home and we've got a dam out the front and I stopped it with trout and they were quite large and we've had some big 40 degree days and all the trout died. <gasps> I didn't tell you. Share, no, oh. I didn't, you didn't share but the grief. the new next door neighbour, he said he loves it. I said, look, come and fish the trout whenever you want. I said, it's fine. <laughs> and we were away and it was his birthday and he came over to fish the trout, didn't catch anything. And he couldn't work out why. Why? And we came back because we'd been away on holidays and said that they were all dead. It was a mood boosting activity for Jace because he was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, mood so I just boosting thought I'd activities, yeah. yeah. So it is a good, so as with everything, if you do experience times of anxiety and, and depressive periods, as you might suffer from clinical depression or you go through periods of depression, there's a difference there. You do not compile your list of mood boosting activities when you're in that state because that's when you need to draw on them. So you, you compile your list of activities when things are good and you're enjoying something, you, you whack it on there. I might... She's going to disagree with me. Slightly just move the perspective a little bit, okay? <laughs> Let's go that way. Is that when you are... Um, depressed or in even suicidal it's when you pull on the memories yes that's, so, that's right. so at that point it's the depth of what you have so when you're in a better space it's really good to be aware of those things that you've done but as you when, said but yeah, you when said, I've got yeah. people that I've got yeah, people that get into depressive states where there is no good and if you say to them, what do you enjoy? They'll go, nothing, nothing, nothing. There's nothing good in the world. I don't enjoy anything. That's that's not when you try and compile a list of mood boosting no. activities is what I'm getting but, at. But that's where you actually have to. That's when you need to draw on this list. So um, 
mood boosting activities. What do I enjoy? I enjoy um, recording podcasts. No? Painting. Painting. <laughs> We've been there. We've been painting. I'm still looking at the painting. It's very good. Listen to the, the previous podcast and you'll understand all about the painting. So um, mood boosting activities. I, well, I know Sandy has an interesting one that um, a client taught her about and that she has done quite a bit of. Her, the front of her diary will... Um, <laughs> Attest to that. Yes. So thank, thank you, Kat. What's it called? Diamond art. Oh, something. Four, three D. I haven't done any. Five D. Five D. Five D. Four D. Can't be three. Something. It's where you but stick the little diamonds on the picture. It's like a mixture between painting by numbers. Um, oh, there's a few things. There's a mixture between where you just stick diamante type things onto it and it's just it it's a joy it's it's mindless like it gives your mm. mind something to do that you don't have to do anything really taxing it's sort of it's at the end good. of the day it's it's an easy straightforward mowing yeah. the lawn is another one for oh, sandy i love mowing the lawn mowing the lawn getting out there it's just when Gardening. she does her processing i see i enjoy a, a cup of tea which for me is actually just a cup of hot water but i enjoy <laughs> That I like to sit out on the front doorstep, watch my dog sniff around in the front yard. Um, I love to walk the dog. It's another thing I do. Um, what else do I do that I really... Oh, reading ridiculous things online. Like as I do, like the professional... Mm. Like I'll read stats on something or do a bit of study on that. IKEA is my happy place. A happy place for a lot of people. Yeah, it's a mood boosting activity. <clears throat> I bought a mood a, a mood boosting IKEA package. <laughs> it was called a set of drawers. <laughs> no, that's flat pack. It's called a, it's divorce. I no, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I. I, I really do. I I get IKEA. Yes, I, 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 yeah. I think IKEA. So because I, I actually bought them for my partner, and I went and got them, bought them home, got them upstairs. And then happily sat there with the diagram, put everything where it needed to be and made sure everything was facing the right way. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. And then I can happily say I put it together without making one mistake. Well done. And I was like going, legend. <laughs> Made me Especially happy. If you've ever seen the flight pack instructions for IKEA because they have no words because it's multilingual, they just don't they don't put words or pictures. So. Honestly I'm visually. Yeah. You quite must visual. Because I, I got I have put other ones together and I, it is a learning experience because the first couple many years ago I got that you had to be very aware of which way things went in and make sure you've got all your and so you only needed to do it once and then you get it. It's not rocket science. Building the IKEA kitchen was interesting on Christmas Eve. Um, that with that that had some interesting dynamics to it. But then when my partner couldn't work it out, he brought me in, I was like, Yes, and then he would go on and like I would work out this the uh, little the bits there. I'd go, No, no, this is that and it it's just it, it it can be quite hard. It depends on like making drawers is relatively like you got well, we get something like the kitchen, different mm. story altogether because yeah. that just had bits and shit. Anyway, but, but that's fine. It, it went yeah. together. But yeah. mood-boosting activities, what do they do for you? For you? Reduce anxiety. Gives you focus. Mood, gives you focus as well. Gives you purpose, direction. Um, it gives you a sense of achievement. Um, it shifts your perspective on often how you feel about maybe what was not great beforehand 
gives you space. Something to look forward to. <clears throat> Especially yep. if you can schedule mood boosting activities. So you might be having a bad day at work and you're dealing with all these different things. You can go, I'm going to be out of here at five and I'm going to do this mm. and give yourself that, that thing to look forward to. So how do you help people construct a list of mood boosting activities? Okay, so depending on the client, on where and what they're doing. So um, usually I approach it from different perspectives for each person. So often yeah. someone in grief, so if they're mourning a death or something like that, I'll get them to be aware of the things that potentially they experienced with the person that is no longer around and then maybe encourage them to you know honor themselves in that space and you know honor their grief too because grief is there for a reason but to get them moving so often with grief i'll get i, I want people actively in, involved in living because that's the beauty of death you know, if you've missed the the message of what death is, is about living, you've sort of missed the whole message, really. It's a, it's a real gift. Um, so I, so for someone in grief, I want to get them moving. So perhaps with someone with um, maybe some physical and mental uh, things like, say, fibromyalgia or depression, then it's a slow process into mm. allowing themselves to recognise the things that they can do and all the rest. So, But it's really listening and getting them to work it in their perspective. And, <clears throat> you know, because I've got a thousand things. I went out for a gallop on Monty the other day. Poor Monty. Oh, poor Monty. He's been eating the thoroughbred food and he's, he's a fat little pud. He is. He's a little bit round. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't. Tell him this. No, so, you know, Monty is my boss. We don't want to affect him. But I went out and I saw him here with um, Sam when Sandy was away and I spoke to uh, her daughter was here and I said, Monty looks like he's heavily in foal. When is he just foal <laughs> supposed to drop? He looks, he's just, he's loving life. Monty's pleasurable activities include eating. They do. They do. So I went, and because my daughter is, is going through particularly rough patch with some of the things that she'd faced recently so when I got back she's up on her great big strapping thoroughbred <laughs> and I said let's go for a ride honey and she said sounds great because that's pleasurable for yeah, both, both of us they enjoy that together and um so we ended up laughing a lot which was nice to see Monty wasn't though no Monty actually he pulled up really well I was very impressed with the he old boy he carries his weight well yeah. he does I was very impressed he's he's you know, Chewy, the big, beautiful thoroughbred, and he's at this big, loping canter, and like I started off in a canter, and I thought, Monty, you're going to have to move faster, mate, if we're going to keep up with that, so I dropped the reins, and he dropped his head, and he was flying, and I got up beside Bianca, and we were laughing, because I was at a flat gallop, and she was at this big loping canter and we were laughing as we were, we were See, there's riding. one of my pleasurable activities i often i park near where the horses are and they will just they come over probably just to see if i've got food mm. although one doesn't eat carrots that's the is it the new one yeah yeah the one Mickey. but i i think that the other two look and go she's got something i can eat mm. and they just come over and then we talk to each other for a minute is it a conversation with a horse and then we go and i think oh that was nice mm. 
spending time with animals is incredible. Mm. But there's so many things. Okay, let's talk, even just break that down. So if you're thinking about a pleasurable activity, so potentially, say for Kath, it could be, oh, I'm going to see the horses today. I get to go and get carrots mm. and all the rest. So there's, there's anticipation in leading up to pleasurable activity. And I'm doing something that will make them happy as well. So you can yeah. be a, your pleasurable activity can be a giving activity. Oh. It can be um, volunteer work that people take a lot away from that you might say, oh, I look forward to doing this particular, you know, I work in this shop, I volunteer my time here, or I give my time to this, or I donate this to this, and I make this and donate, or I work in a food vet, whatever it is that you might be doing to assist people, that that can be your pleasurable activity as well as that, that process of giving. And guess what? Let's go there. Everything, <clears throat> pretty much everything can be a pleasurable activity if you set your mind to it. Mm. I know that I have done some weird and wonderful jobs in my life <laughs> and I often would go into them and go in with the perspective, I'm going to enjoy this, doesn't matter what it is. And I mean, I literally... I'll take something. That was like me when I worked for the, um, the dating agency. Yeah. I thought, I'll take something away from this. I certainly did. It wasn't money, but it was, yeah, it was, certainly took something away. Was it your partner? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of education about dating and dating agencies, though. Mm. Lot, they don't exist now. Yeah. That was back before the internet. There was no mm. such thing as the internet. There was a phone. Kath, you're not that old. I know. Apparently, I am. Oh. I heard... Um, I actually did hear... The internet was only... I heard that they used the words released to the public in 1992. And I'm like, really? I thought it was before then, but... Mm. So really, that's a short period of time. That's what twenty eight, you know, twenty eight years. <laughs> but actually, yeah. then let's go to what potentially is a pleasurable activity that can turn into an addiction. Yeah. Let's just because you've mentioned the internet, because you see um, a lot of you know gamers that don't have any life. Because what was pleasurable of learning is going, oh, I'm going to get home from work and I'm going to play whatever and then it becomes an obsession because there's not enough variety or enough uh expansion in thought they start to live in a second mm. world without and they don't do pleasurable activities outside of that so mm. one pleasurable activity is really not enough you need no. to have a collection of them that you can draw on at different times and i know i went through this after i had my son and you feel quite restrictive you know i couldn't yes. do the things i do so what were my <coughs> pleasurable activities i love to go out and walk i loved that beforehand and i love you know i would try and do that on a daily basis. didn't work very well with charlie mm. but i tried to work out something <coughs> that i could do so so all pleasurable activities need to be flexible at times and you need to be able to change them to suit the Need so so if you say I love to go um, skydiving skydiving and it's the middle of winter or I love to ski what I love to do is ski and it's the middle of summer that's not going to work so you need to have something that you can well call it's okay if right it's water skiing well that's true but <laughs> now I'm just being skiing. I'm just being I'm just being demonstrative now so <laughs> yeah deliberately difficult is what it is so and then what then has to to not to stop you, what can stop you doing your pleasurable activities is self-limiting behaviour. Oh, I can't do that today. 
not going to, that's too selfish for me to do that. No, they're, they're your pleasurable activities. And if you don't, it's like the oxygen mask dropping from the roof. If you don't put it on first and you're on that flight, you can't help everybody else. So you need to do the things that are going to, to give you the enjoyment in life so that you can help others or be mm. a part of the rest of the society. And have a think about the pleasurable activities because the thing that Kath brought up is that, you know, when she had her child, she couldn't do all of them, okay, but managed to get in at times some of the things that she could do, which was going out for a walk, enjoyed it beforehand, still enjoys walking. I've seen her do it. She's very good at walking. <laughs> I haven't seen her walk into anything. She's great, okay. But the thing is that that's when you're doing something pleasurable, it should not be at other people's expense. Mm. And this is what often people get, because when you were just talking then, I was thinking about the drama, when we, yeah. we talk about drama queens and, oh, my, I haven't got anything, or I've got one thing and I've got one thing only and done. No but, one will let me do it. Yeah, I can't yeah, do, do yeah. that. All the rest. Um, but within that, because that can become quite selfish, so say you've got you know, dad at home with a thousand kids and the only thing he wants to do is go out rally driving. The only thing he brings pleasure is that. Da, da, da. Then it becomes something that's selfish. It's not self-serving. It's selfish. He's, he, it's not encompassing because it's a matter of you, you feeling good, but feeling good in your community, in your tribe, you know, the people around you. It brings pleasure to you. But when you have pleasure, everyone else receives that at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, because no, you think about if you've been around someone that is in a very depressive state and perhaps you have some understanding of what that is, you know that you pain for them and you want them to find pleasure. You want them to find little bits and pieces that would help them. It's not a selfish thing. You know, even mm. with being a mum, you know, you want the person that's a mum that might be missing the walking. It's, you, you get pleasure by allowing that to happen or finding a space for that to happen. So I very much miss meditation. Mm. They were so all the things that I meant was... What she meant was medication. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, meditation and walking, and I couldn't do either of them after I had my son, it was, it was just a nightmare. So, um, and that went on for such a long period of time that he just, um, because I've mentioned this before, he wouldn't travel in the car and he wouldn't travel in the pram. He screamed, not cried, screamed. And it didn't matter what I did, he was just, he did eventually settle down. He doesn't scream in the car now or doesn't go near a pram, of course, but. Yeah, he's 30 years old. 30 years old, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had to find other things that would, would give me pleasure and, and I found that, and an example on that of how, so I, I ran an online party supply business that had been really successful and it started, um, you know, the, the, just the nature of the marketplace and the internet and everything changed around when he was born and the business started, like I went from doing huge numbers of orders a week to nothing, pretty much overnight, like it was really, really fast. So um, I knew that I needed to revamp the entire business or let it go. And then I went through this whole self-loathing thing because I just there was no way I was going to revamp the business with a child that wouldn't stop screaming 12 hours a day and couldn't mm. work out what was wrong with him and so on. So I had to find I had to let that business go and then 
I found myself going into the self-loathing. I've failed at this. I've let it down. I haven't done this, blah, blah, blah. I should be able to do both. Why can't I do both? Other people do both and I can't do it. I had to find the things that I was still good at that I could engage in that gave me pleasure to not make me feel like I was a failure because I couldn't do that at that time. So I let the business go and then I went back to study. And the thing is that that was pleasure for Kat and what she felt, you know, because we've done, we've done a previous podcast on perspective, whereas for some other people, the, the pure pleasure can be just the mum zone, like they, yeah. they just, you know, are fully enveloped in That's being right. a mum yeah. and loving it, whereas Kath was going, this isn't fulfilling me. It's not that she was hate, or I suppose there were parts of it that were oh, incredibly distressing Absolutely for I hated it, yeah. Didn't um, hate my child, just hated the whole. Yeah. And so for Kath, she, for her, in her perspective, it was, I need to study again for her. She needed that. But for other, it, it, that pleasurable activity is, I need to go to Kmart and I need to buy, you know, little Johnny XYZ and that's theirs. Or on a play group or yeah, a, a mum's yeah. group. Like, I know Sandy really enjoyed having a child under five. Like you were engrossed in the whole process. I, in yeah, because I, I for me, because I'd worked for so many years because I had my daughter later in life. Same here. And yeah. so the thing is that, and she was very well, very, very much planned because my ex had had a vasectomy, had a reversal done. So she was really planned. Had that not happened, I may not have ever had children. It didn't really worry me. Um, but when I became a mum, I had I made a very conscious choice um, because I'd worked all my life and I've always enjoyed my working life. I've enjoyed what I've done. Um, and it, I found it incredibly fulfilling. And I remember being younger and very much judgy at mothers that are engrossed in their children and all this and going, oh, I'd get the yawns going and, you know, all the rest. But so when I made the decision to be a mother, I decided very, very consciously to enjoy that period of my life. I went, I'm going to engross myself in being a mum. And so... And I, look, honestly, I was incredibly lucky, I think. You know, Bianca was a very easy child. She was not difficult. You know, I had Charlie. He was not easy because he was, you know, so, so vocal. Much, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And on, so yeah. that's not... I probably wouldn't have had as much pleasure. So I had that, and I knew how lucky I was. We made the decision that I'd best stay at home mum for a few years... Um, we knew that we'd suffer financially doing all of those, but I, I sort of got the, I got the perspective from that I was going to enjoy that. So your your yeah. pleasurable activities were found inside of that, whereas yeah. mine had to be found outside of yes. that because I, I couldn't find them inside of it. I just couldn't yeah. find it. Yeah, and so, neither of us are wrong. No, they it were both. Didn't mean yeah. I didn't feed him or I neglected yeah. him or treated him badly. No. It just meant that she's a very good mum. <laughs> it was very. Um, I don't know. Ask Charlie. He swings around from between. You are the best mummy in the world to you are the worst mummy. You're such a bad mummy, which what? you will so know you when I say no. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> can't scare your child and upset them, then what are you doing right in life? Uh, I always say to Bianca, yeah, she's 22 now, and I always say, if you're not into therapy by your 25, then I've failed. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you might 
say like some people enjoy their job and some people don't so some people might get their, their pleasurable activity might be something involved in work mm. whereas the next person that doesn't enjoy what they do it might be outside of their work so there's no right or right it's, you've got to find that's why I say it's individual mm. you've all got to find what it is you can engage in it as a group it could be you know tai chi in the park it could be whatever but it's and the thing of focusing on a pleasurable activity in itself is a pleasurable activity because mm. when you start focusing on things that make you feel good, surprise, surprise, you start creating the same endorphins in the brain that you experience at the time that you're doing that pleasurable activity. So the thing is that it's a double win. It really, really is. So when you spend the time to become a little bit more aware in your own life, of going, at the end of the day, I, I do um, gratitude. So I do gratitude in the morning and at night. I will always notice usually a couple of things. I don't have a specific number. When I wake up... <laughs> I could go, oh, thank God I'm awake, I'm not yeah. dead. But, you know, I would. I actually do practice gratitude and that makes me feel good. Mm. And I, like, absolutely encourage you to think about every day something that you enjoy or have enjoyed in the past or that you're going to enjoy in the future. It, it creates endorphins in your brain that make you feel good. Mm. It's a win-win. I, I often get people that suffer, that are experiencing depressive um, episodes or, and I will sometimes guide them through this and anxiety, but mm -hmm. they'll call me, we do visualisation. So where, if you could be anywhere in the world, where would you want to be? And so they might say, like I had one that was really fixated on rainforests. So we'd start to go with what, what can you feel under your feet? What can you hear? What can you smell? What can you see? What are you sitting on? If you look up, if you look this way, if you look that, and you start to build this whole visual um, representation of that pleasurable space. Called grounding. Grounding. <laughs> I call it, yes. It's visualisation technique. So, um, they, and then that places you in that comfort zone. So it doesn't have to be a physical thing you go and do. It can be a mental thing that you yeah, do. Yeah, that's what I was saying. When you people, think about it, you yeah, create the same endorphins. Yeah, so it, and that would bring them down off. So that's an anxiety technique, but we will do something more on anxiety. We're going to do all sorts of stuff on anxiety. But we are open to suggestions. Absolutely. Always open to suggestions. Because, you know, Kath and I sit here and we... This is honestly sometimes the, the most that we get to talk is when we're doing a podcast. Um, so, you know, if there is something you'd like us to chat about or to give us different perspective... You know, let us know. We'd be more than happy. My right. matters with Sandy and Kathleen on the Facebook page or Skyview Hypnotherapy or, what am I called? Mental Health and Beyond. <laughs> See, we're going to do something on memory technique, so we definitely need to do that. <laughs> but, so go out, everybody. Organise your pleasurable activity list. Yeah. Sort it out. Engage in one every day if you can. Or be mindful of it. Or, or, be mindful or, or of aware of it. Or aware when you're not yeah. doing it. Aware that that might be the thing mm -hmm. that you need to do. So, hmm. all right. Uh, have a good day. Yeah. Get out there. Do your pleasurable activities and report back to us on how it went. <laughs> Catch you later. Bye.